Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, this is Pablo Sabaleta. This is Troy Dini. This is Kevin Phillips. This is Jurgen Klopp, and you are listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jurgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members. Keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Graham Hunter and we'll bring you joy. Welcome to the big interview with me, Graham Hunter. Coming up is an extract from an interview I did with the mighty Scott Minto. To hear the whole thing and to access hours and hours of high quality archive content where I speak to world famous footballers and managers, plus exclusive regular reports on all the news from Spanish football, you have to become a member, a socio of the big interview. To do that, simply go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Join us and a treasure trove of football will be all yours. All right now, Scott Minto and I worked together on Revista de la Liga on Sky. Scott's still a huge talent for them in his presentation of the Championship, the Carabao Cup and the League of Nations. He's also a dude. Before Sky, he was of course a huge talent at left-back for Chelsea, Benfica and Charlton, West Ham too. OK, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's let Scott tell it, and particularly well, I'd say. I came into a Chelsea where I always say that Glenn started it all for me. Glenn brought in the players, but also the attitude. Now, I don't put Glenn as in the, the best top three players I ever played with, but I do put the best technical player mm-hmm. I ever played with because whatever he could do with his right foot, he could do with his left. Mm-hmm. And not even Gianfranco Zola could do that. Ruud Hullet and Paolo Di Canio, they're my three. Not even they could do that with their you know, left foot. Um, it used to do a warm-up thing, which I think I might have told you before. It, it basically, it was every day. So Shreves, he, Peter Shreves was, mm. was the number two. He'd take it. Glenn was player coach. And every day he would do this thing where it's three touches, but you've got to keep the ball up. So he'd be like, right, Shreves, you'd be like, OK, uh, why is he? Give us three touches. So it'd be top of the foot, thigh, head. Top of the foot, thigh, head. And we'd all try it and keep it going. OK, Gav, give us another one. OK, outside of the foot, shoulder, head. 
outside of the foot, shoulder, head. So, you know, I won't name names, but balls are bouncing off certain people. We're all struggling with lots of different things. Glenn's the only one where the ball never dropped. Left foot, right foot, shoulder. Frank Sinclair. You may say oh, that. Oh, I nailed it, Frank. I'm so sorry. You may say that. You're a lovely I player. Lovely comment. man too, but I, Frank, as, a, as a Charlotte fan too, <laughs> I, I need to... What you do is you eliminate the impossible and what's left, <laughs> no matter how unlikely it seems, yeah. is... Very sorry, good. Frank. Very yeah. good. I like sorry, it. Sorry, Frank. Uh, Frank was my, was my social buddy, uh, actually. <laughs> and Frank, do you know what? I remember one time, um, Rude was the manager. I'm jumping a bit here. Uh, there was talks about Paolo Mardini coming in, obviously the links with, um, with Rude and AC Milan and, yeah. and the way Chelsea were going. And I'm thinking, I feel like I'm playing well and I can compete with a lot I, I, of people. Yeah, but like, for respect of merits... Maldini would have... Obviously. He didn't need to move inside. Obviously. Played well, right back, whatever. He, he would, obviously, no, he would have looked at me and said, you know what, I'm going to have to play centre-back yeah, here. Yeah, clearly. So Mark Reed, you know, Maldini, Sli- slight, slight difference. he'd have seen the truth. But I remember Frank saying to Rude, 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 talk about Paolo Maldini. Is he as good as me? And, you know, Frank did this in this lovable way, but you know there's a tinge of seriousness to him. But that was what partly what made him yeah. the player he was. You've got to he believe. was a very, very good player. Very effective, he, very successful, very He was athletic. five foot eight, jumped eight foot ten. He'd go out far too many times than he should have done. Sometimes on nights that he really shouldn't have done. And yet the next day he'd perform fantastically well. His body was still ripped even at, by the time he finished Fans playing. Fans love a player like that. It, it's, that. Everything you've described there, whether it's Frank or others that we both could name are redolent of an age when there was something still a little bit more special about football, yeah. characterful, yeah. likeable, yeah. maybe a little bit artful dodgery, yeah. but, but in yeah. a good way. The, the, the morning of the 97 Cup final, so we're all coming down and we're eating porridge and toast, etc. He's having a full English breakfast. And that just sums him up. This was a chance to win a trophy for the first time for the club in 26 years. So since, we, we, since, felt, we felt that. Since, since Real Madrid, presumably. Yeah. Since Real Madrid in the Cup, Cup final. But he's having a full... English breakfast. Well, nobody's ever taken his medal away for having the black pudding and the sausage exactly. and the egg. He's exactly. still got that medal, doesn't That he? mentality mm. made him the player he was. Mm. Quick, strong, good jumper. But, but on mentality. that food note, you know, Glenn had changed the, 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 the training regime, the attitude, the technical abilities. I had a look through because I remember asking you when we worked together at Sky about like, because I was fascinated by you playing Real Zaragoza in the semi-final and I told you that you were playing against a, a Real Madrid great who was then general manager of Real Madrid, Pardeta, and you played against Schneider and Naim. And you were like, did I? Yeah, okay. Gus Poyet was in that team. 3 0 over there at Romareda, 3 1 at the bridge. So close to being in a European final at that age early. And I know it was just an opponent to you. You didn't re- I don't think it really marked you who you were playing against. Even Gus, I don't know if you even remember. Belsue, brilliant sweeper, fabulous. Didn't know anything about them yeah. individually. That was a tough season for me, that first season, because I was in and out with injuries and my form was not how it should have been. So for me, I wasn't necessarily concentrating on the opposition. I was concentrating on myself. Yeah. And, and it was tough. It was tough mentally as well, that first season, because when you're going out there and you're not feeling great and you know that you're not making the impression you want to... Um, but that being rude as well, you know... Kev Hitchcock, David Lee, Marilyn Johnson, okay, Frank Spackman, Rocky, um, mm, Gav Peacock, Mark Steen, Paul Furlong, Spenny, we Spenny. Spenny. Yeah, I think man. you Top quite man. enjoyed 
love playing with him. What a top That's line. episode three because I'm already piling. <laughs> We're not funny, even going to reach guy. episode two. If you look at what happens the very next season, the change in personnel, the change in technical ability at, mm. at Chelsea was pretty extraordinary, I would mm. have argued. And it must have felt that way too. Yeah, it did. That second season, Glenn brought in Dan Bratreski, yeah, who was, I think, if not the best wing-back in the world, certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. That position was just made for him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the full-back, he wasn't the great defender. Jordi Alba and Dan Petrescu share ideas about that. They've got little skipping feet, they're playing for fun, they're beating people. Yeah, but... Technically uh, clever. Uh, yes, but I, I, I think Alba's quicker, but Dan's cleverer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that Jordi Alba's yeah, not, yeah, no, just no, no, no. because he doesn't need to be because he's that quick. But yeah. Dan was, the timing of his runs was fantastic. Um, in the right place, his touch, his passing... When we do drills, I remember Graham Ricks, who was the number two under Rude, used to put on uh, these training drills and it would last about 45 minutes where you have to just go round little bits around the pitch, but you have to hit the crossbar three times. You have to keep this up around here, but if you don't, you go back to the beginning and that type of thing. Dan would be up there in terms of winning, even with Zola in the side. Mm-hmm. Technically brilliant. So there was him. He brought in uh, Mark Hughes. Uh, who else did he bring in? Might well, help me. Dennis emerges. Robbie Di Matteo's eventually is, is, is there. Oh, Rude, Frank LaBeouf. Yeah, Rude. Rude brought them in. Yeah. Rude came. Glenn went on to become the England manager. Yeah, and then Rude came in, and Rude basically said to to Batesy, I think, uh, look, and, and and fair enough, because that's what they did in the continent. I, I'm not going to manage the whole club. I'm just going to manage the first team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was very much into that. He was a player manager. I mean, I put him as the second best player I've ever played with. He was 33, and inverted mm. commas, his knees were shot. Mm. And yet he was unbelievable. Mm. And to think, if he was 33 and his knees were shot, how good he must have been. Mm. He used to sell a story one time about him and, him and Maldini that Capello used to do in training, attack versus defence, and almost on purpose, just tell them all to get the ball out wide to Rude and just watch the two of them. One getting trying to get past the other, the other one just trying to not let him get past. And he said... He would get past Maldini, he's just about to whip the cross in, then his leg would come in, and you know, you're just thinking, how the hell did he do that? And I mean, that you, people would have paid for that on a training session to watch uh, with those 19, two. About 1990, oh, 91, when that Milan side took Rumbridge's pants down 5 0. And I, I, in, in my life, then watching football, although I'd had favourites, and Cruyff was always my number one, I'd never at that stage. Even like Maradona's individual skills, Rutilla's dominance of world football then in terms of having everything, Maradona's individual brilliance and technical skills, fabulous, and you'd pay to watch that too and tricks and whatever. Rutilla's just, he just had literally everything. Like they say about De Stefano, could play anywhere on the pitch easily too. The first experience I ever had of him directly was at a conference at Old Wembley Arena or wherever it was. He was laughing. He was laughing at English football. And he went, I said, you, you all went through years of like, let's, you know, position a maximum and bomb it long. And he said, oh, no, these long balls. And he said, well, you should watch the ball coming through there. Take it down in our chest. Put our foot in it. Think, great, got the ball back. I was like, yeah. How did it take England 20 years to figure mm, that out? Mm. You've had a privilege to be um, playing with him and whether coached with him And to play under him. He, he, he was, a, I didn't know at the time, I didn't put the connection, but he loved Windsor Davis. So he'd come in every day, I'm talking every day, 
hello, lovely boys, let's have some fun. And that's what it's we did bad. that year. That's, that's what we did bad. that year. We, you know, I, I think he's since denied it, but apparently coined the phrase sexy football. And it's not for me to say it was, but it was certainly really enjoyable football. Mm. And we went all the way through to the final. And um, Does any of that stick out? Because I'm looking here at you being... 2-0 down to Liverpool at the bridge. I get pulled at half-time. I, I was going to just... I was so angry. Yeah. So angry. It, and it's the reason really why I left Chelsea. Because, not that game, but it happened a few times. I've been on both sides of it where you know you're kind of one of the top players. I mean, this is a chance, obviously. And you're not having a good game. Things need to be changed and you're not getting taken off. And it's the sort of same person, not the same person, but the same group of people that might get taken off. Now, we were playing 3-5-2 at that time, but there was Zola, Hughes, Viali. Now, three massive, massive names. And whenever things weren't going well, obviously the pressure was to put Viali on. Now, what really annoyed me, because it happened at that Liverpool game, and, and it really, 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 really annoyed me, is that I got pulled at half-time when I was not having a bad game. Mm-hmm. And I was the only left-sided player on the pitch. Mm-hmm. But I got pulled because it was easy to get pulled. They wanted Sparky on. They wanted Sparky on. Which is not your point. Normally, because... Sparky would have been playing alongside Zola more often than not that season. But they'd gone for gone So for you, you're saying that the changes for Luca should be? Yes. Basically, to bring, if you want to bring Luca on or Sparky on, fine. Don't take me off. Because yeah. we went to back four. Clarky would go left-back. And actually... There's the, the, I, I, the annoying thing about football. playing worse than me, uh, even from a balanced point of view, it's not right. I even got a letter from someone, a Chelsea fan, saying, look, I'm not your biggest fan, but I don't agree with the way that you're being treated. I think you're having a really good season. And, and it, was, it just summed up how I felt at that particular time. So then it isn't the formation that, that goes from 2-0 down to 4-2 up. It's individual brilliance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Luca, Sparky, Luca and Sparky scored. Sparky didn't gets the first after five minutes. Yeah. Then it's Franco after eight. Yeah. So 58 minutes in, it's suddenly 2 2. Viali, Viali. But it taught two. me a lesson. It taught me a lesson that as, as, as annoyed as I was there, and at that particular point, I was thinking, oh, if we get knocked out, then we get knocked out. I don't care. Oh. I'm just so annoyed. I don't care. I haven't seen you, even now, so many years later, looking or sounding as angry. Um, is yeah. this. You're firm when you need to be, you're, you, you know, nobody arses around with you, I've noticed, uh, but I haven't seen you this, but it, still but it, pissed off. It taught me that that season gave me the best single game of my career, so I'm so glad that, not that I was taken off, but clearly that we'd gone through, some players would have probably thought, ah, I hope we lose. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that, but I did think, I don't care if we do or not. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we had a fantastic comeback. I was in in the next game, you know, the rest is history. We'll probably still talk a little bit more, but it still gave me the, the, the best single game of my career by staying in, in, in the competition. Mm-hmm. And we played Leicester the next round. Yeah. 2-2 two, two away and then was it two, two? extra time. It went to extra game. time. Now, Erlen Johnson is one of the toughest men you're ever like, not just footballers, but men you're ever likely to come across. Loved at the bridge, isn't I he? I mean, a Norwegian lumberjack who could not, doesn't need a, an axe to knock down a tree. He can just headbutt it and it will fall down. But he goes down like a sack of shit for the penalty, uh, which, you know... Three, three minutes left before it's going to shoot Three minutes before it goes to pens. Now, it's all in our minds. As a player, you're thinking, oh, so we've got the penalties. Um, but, and that's where you've got to give it to Frank LeBeuf. He had ultimate self-belief as well. You know, great pass to the ball. Wasn't the best defender in the world, but with that three at the back, that could be protected. 
brilliant pass of the ball, technique, touch, everything. Very confident man. Very, very confident man. And he stepped up and stroked it home. And those two games, the Liverpool and the Leicester, I'm not a great believer in our names on the cup, as it were. Lamps hits that about the, the Chelsea Champions League one. And when people say that, he gets really antsy about names on the cup. Does he? But the same as you, I think you have to, you know that you have to work for it, sweat for it. There's lots of breaks that go but against things happen. Things happen. It's a nice feeling to think that The it's... Liverpool and Leicester game. You know, I'm a great believer in you, you listen, you work to your maximum. Yeah. And then what happens, happens. Maybe things happen if you're sucking. But things happen. Frank Cazola and, and, and Luca and, and Dan and what. That's probably why things happen, but Definitely. you're seeing a celestial pattern, aren't you? I, I, just, I'm, I, just, it just made me think. I've never believed in, in our names on the cup because I do think you have to work for it, but it made me think we're going to win this. We're going to win this. And we had Portsmouth in the next round, which I think we beat very Talked easily. Four, I think. Wimbledon in the semi-final, where Franco did that fantastic trick. And we won. And then we, we go through to the final and thinking we're going, to, we're going to win this. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Brian Robson's Middlesbrough, Ben Roberts, Nigel Pearson, Curtis Fleming, Clayton Blackmore, Gianluca Festa, Philip Stamp, Robbie Musto, Juninho, Craig Hignett, Emerson, Ravanelli. You, you should be winning that game. Well, we should. Truthfully. But we lost against Middlesbrough away only a few months before, and Juninho scored the goal. And he was, along with Zola, the best player in the Premier League at that particular time, in my opinion. Well, there might be a few others as well, but he was certainly up there in the top High quality, for sure. Unbelievable. So we had to be careful, but I had that real self-belief. In the morning of the game and walking out, I'm thinking, I should be nervous here, but I wasn't. Mm, I was nervous in other games, less important games. I was not nervous for this one. I'd worked on my mind. I'd worked a lot on my mind about being positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, And trying to be positive. Why? because I knew this was the biggest game. You, you worked mentally about this about occasion. This game. That's interesting. About this game. Because you, you've never, ever struck me as somebody who, who needs to do that because you've a discipline and a mental toughness and an order 
and also you're used to creating solutions for yourself. You wouldn't be flummoxed very easily. But this was big enough for you to concentrate and think, I'm going to be prepared for this game. Definitely. And I, I, I even saw a sports psychologist about it. And he was very good. And I just, I just used techniques. And I just felt a million. A million dollars going That's out. That's quite impressive. The weather was really nice. I remember walking out with the sunglasses on and thinking, you know, not in any way being arrogant or overly confident, but just feeling really good. Could you really tell the club about the... Did you, did you go via the club or did you do no, it privately? I did it myself. And you kept it to yourself? Yeah. In case somebody thought he's doing that because his bottle's going. Football at that stage was a much more judgmental I, 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 place. I, yes, it was. Um, I, I don't know if I didn't say it because of that, but I, I, it's definitely a perceived weakness, whereas I now see it as a strength. Look, now it's just like well, Ronaldo we, the way it, we talk he? about uh, mental health generally or the way we talk about like it's not toast and honey anymore. Our vocabulary's changed because our knowledge has changed and people like Ronald and Mood who helped change that. Now it's scientific and if, if anything, there's maybe too much chat about yeah, it. Yeah, it can Johnny, be. Johnny it Wilkinson be. won this country, your country, the Rugby World Cup with kicking and uh, attitudes that he, he's talked at great length about his battle with mental demons, but also at the time he was talking about focus and planning. And it obviously makes a huge difference. But it, it's funny to think, again, for the third or fourth time in this chat, like how far we've travelled because it was perceived... As a weakness, if oh, you needed yes, help with it your mind. Been. Yeah, it would have been. Um, You're not hard enough. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, definitely. It's amazing. Definitely. And it, in fact, in that first season at Chelsea, I probably needed it. Whereas I actually felt really good going into the final, but I thought this, is a, this could be a one-off. And it, and it ended up being a, a one-off for me. I didn't play in a FA Cup final again. You know, this is the biggest game you grew up watching. Mm-hmm. And there's 80,000 people in the stadium. There's going to be hundreds of millions around the world watching. Family? Family were all there. You know, you don't want to be that person to make the mistake. So, um, yeah, I did it. But I, I was off the back of a really good season anyway. My best goal-scoring season. I think I got five that season. And uh, we'd gone back to a, like a fourth diamond too, actually. But I just remember feeling a million. But what I did, I listened to this song. And I can't remember the song, but it was kind of like a, a house tune. No words to it, just pure tune. And I'll try and find it for you later, if you, if you yeah, want to. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've nailed me there. That's my kind of music, thanks. But I, 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 mean, I love house music, yeah. um, but that's a different subject. Moving on, yeah. I was listening to this song that would get me into the groove uh, before games. And I listened to it up until about 20 to 3. And mm. we'd be going out five minutes later, because obviously you go out earlier, all the dignitaries, etc. And I remember Rude brought in um, a Dutch sort of uh, consultant and physio stroke, whatever. And he tapped me on the shoulder and said, Scott, you better start thinking about the game. And I didn't need to think about the game. You know, if anything, thinking about the game probably would have made things worse. I just, I was in my zone, listening to this tune, feeling really positive. And I, 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 I took the headphones off just before we went out and just felt great. And, and to be fair, it's, it couldn't have started any better. We should have won it by about three or four. We probably took the foot off the gas after Robbie scoring off the 40-odd seconds. And one of the Middlesbrough players had a chance before we got their second goal. Um, Which is with three, uh, seven minutes to go for yeah. Eddie, Eddie Newton. Lovely moment for Eddie. Mm. The original Makaleli, by the way. Yeah. What a player. Yeah. What a player. I watched a lot of them. His knees were you're... shot. I mean shot. But Rude appreciated him so much that he would literally not play in league games He'd play in the league game before the next round of the FA Cup, play in the FA Cup, 
and then not play Take again until the next league game before the next round of the just, FA Cup. Just quite sharp about where to be positionally and, and a nice turn of pace and could block people, as was my memory. Kante is the, the best one way now. I can say it. Original, original. brighter than Kante. Kante does enormous amount of labour, doesn't yeah, it? And, he can and, do even and it's more effective. Physically, yeah. You watched Makaleli's brain in action, yeah. you thought, you know. Yeah. And I, I know what you mean about Eddie, and it's, it must have been for him, you know. It's not the winning goal, but you score. He would have played for England, but for those knees. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm glad that we've, we've got to this. You've revealed yourself as an interesting person, apart from talented and funny. <laughs> Life in London moves on so quickly that we have genuinely excised about seven subjects that we wanted to get to with you. We got, at least we've got House and Zoolander in. <laughs> I couldn't live with myself. One of the lucky things you've got, Scott, is that um, you, you're working with top professionals who've attracted sponsors. <clears throat> Bet365, like our guests, and I've asked you some questions. Now, those questions include what exactly was going through your head when Robbie Di Matteo scored that 45-second goal in the cup final. What was, what was in your head? Well, first of all, and I can't believe I haven't got the uh, proper accolade for it, I made the assist to the assist. I threw it in to, to Wisey. And that was a fantastic throw-in. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> what were my thoughts? Just a continuation of what we thought before the game, that we are going to win this. Yeah. And, and if anything, as I say, we, I think we took off, off the gas um, because of it. I actually had a chance after about 10 minutes. And to this day, I still say Robbie overplayed the ball. I felt so great. It was so hot, so full of running when you shouldn't have been, when it was that hot. But again, sometimes after 10 minutes, you're thinking, I've got to be careful about how I play this game. Because physically, I'm not there. This game, really hot. Biggest game I've played in. Just felt full of running and, and made a great run. Overstretched on it. Um, I could go even further into that. And to Marco Van Basten came training one time. And we're like, wow, Van Basten. And actually surprised, you could tell he hadn't trained for a long time. He was, let's just say, very rusty. But I was put in a similar position in training. And I dinked the keeper, waited for him to come, dived, dinked it over him with a bit of spin. A little Mickelson. Back into, yeah. And, it's, and I thought, yes, look at that. I've done that in front of Van Basten. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> and obviously Rude would have been watching as well. Um, and it was a similar situation. If, if Robbie... Uh, he, he, he screwed the pass. It's established. It's completely his fault, 100%. He, he's Nothing done a to do with me at all. He admitted it. Nothing to do with me at all. But if it had just been underplayed a little bit, yeah. I honestly would have done exactly the same thing. He may, yeah. The keeper may well have stood up and said, what are you doing? Put my cap on that. But anyway, so I had the chance to make it 2-0 after 10 minutes. But when Robbie scored after 45 seconds, it was, yeah, confirmation that we were going to win this. It's a good answer, and um, it's beautifully. There was no clang as the Van Basten name um, <laughs> dropped there. And when we do a Van Basten podcast, there's no question. He'll, he'll be remember talk, it. He'll, be talking about he'll the, remember it. Forget I, I about remember, that yeah, one, one mental finish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you, this is from Bet365 as well, and I didn't prep you on this, so I hope you've got your answer right. Did you enjoy your time at Staffordshire University, especially the lectures with Ellis Cashmore? Ellis, yes. What was he teaching us? Very interesting character. Very interesting. You could tell, you know, he, he, he was an actor. He, just the way he spoke, the way he moved his body, the way he projected his voice. Um, and we had some very interesting discussions as well. 
And at Staffordshire University, obviously, was the was the sports journalism and broadcasting. It always really course. impressed me. The first time we met, you said, no, no, um, apart from the experience, I, I, I decided to go and train. And, and now I don't find it surprising, knowing you, but at the time you went, no, I've done my, I've done my qualifications. I was unused to sports people saying, apart from just trading on my knowledge, I may need to train. I was really impressed. I'll be totally honest with you. The real reason for doing it was Laurie Madden came round um, who was going to be part of it and it was going to be the first of its kind. Came round to the sort of, I was at Rotherham then and we were in, we'd just been relegated to League One and I knew I was going to quit at the end of that season. And he said, look, we're doing this course for um, present and ex-footballers, TV, radio and print. And I just thought, what the hell am I going to do when I finished? I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. I thought, do you know what? It's a two-year degree course and it's a proper degree course. Do it. And then hopefully by the end of the two years, you'll know what you want to do by the end of it. So, you know, you're not, there's not this black hole, yeah. which, which a lot of players get. I always say you need to be, one, mentally ready to quit, mm-hmm. but two, have something to go into. I was mentally ready to quit, mentally and physically ready to quit, but I didn't know what I was going to go into. I ended up ringing the guy from uh, Pete Stevens, top, top guy, Chelsea fan, but yeah. from BBC Radio London, know, doing yeah. stuff with him when I was injured. But I also thought, do this course. There were 20 of us who turned up on day one. There were six of us who finished it. Mm. So this was a proper degree course where if you weren't fully committed, you'd fall by the wayside. And I'm a great believer in if you believe in something, stick with it no matter how hard it is. And those early days in the presenting, the Spanish football, you can say that as well. With learning presenting, didn't really know anything about live football, didn't know anything about La Liga. No, I'm not- a great believer in if you, if you believe in something, you stick with it no mm. matter how hard it is. Mm. And that's where the character comes out. Yeah. No, I agree. And Ellis, um, I don't know why this is sent in, but Ellis, hello. You played a part in, in making this great professional. Then only maybe one more, and it's what's your favourite ground to visit as a Sky presenter? Mm, good question. Mm. Good question. I like Ellen Road. Mm-hmm. That was my first OB. Mm. Not a good studio you're in. It's very, very small. When it's a hot day, it's one of the hottest studios you're ever likely to be in. In fact, this season... It got so hot and we're sort of like the, the no-tie look now. Mm. I, I said, look, we've all got to take our jackets off as well. And we're all in just white shirts and we <laughs> don't know what we look like. But it was so hot in there. But just Ellen Road, I mean... You still feel some of the, the presence and the history and the definitely. noise of the Definitely. Fantastic club. Yeah. Fantastic club. They're not the biggest supporters of Sky, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit of an understatement, uh, the, the fans, but I, I love the fans. I yeah. love the fans. I love big clubs. I love, I love going to Hillsborough, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday, another one as well, which, again, growing up, it was always a semi-final in the FA Cup. Background of hills and trees. And yeah, Loftus Road, a, a, you know, oh, a, 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 at a proper old school stadium. Uh, if, you, if, you, you know? if you're down in front, you sneeze, you're sneezing on the player. Yeah. And as, as he comes to the throw, and you could take the ball off yeah. him, couldn't you? Yeah, it's, you know, these type of ground, and I could go through lots I understand why the, the new stadiums are built and they're great, mm. but you do lose a little bit of soul. Presence you know, and character. Um, definitely, definitely. definitely. <clears throat> Couldn't be a better answer. It's time to stop for the moment. I often say this to people that I've really enjoyed, but yeah, we need another go at this. We need another big go at this. Scott Minto, Sky Legend, FA Cup winner. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Good to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member 
and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, Socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.